Good morning. Once again, we are thankful each one is here with us. We are we've been working our way through several books of the New Testament, and in this evening we've been working our way through several several of the <coughs> prophets of the Old Testament. And this is our first lesson here in Colossians. And one of the things about Colossians chapter one is that there is a whole lot of material in Colossians chapter one. And I really, the toughest time I had was deciding just what I wanted to talk about. And and we look at Colossians chapter one. You know, these are it's only 29 verses. This really isn't even that long of a, of a chapter. But there is so much there that tells us and reveals to us the importance of walking worthy before God and the blessings that come from doing so. And we find so much mentioned here not only about those types of things, but we also find mentioned in Colossians chapter one what Christ has done for us, how it is through him that we have the redemption of our sins. We also have there in Colossians chapter 1, Christ being our, being the sacrificial servant, and also his role in the church as well. But this morning, and again, there's so much there we could talk about some more, we may do so in the future, but we want to look at the idea to be, uh, to be worthy and blessed as we find here in Colossians chapter 1. And I want to show the importance of walking in a worthy manner and the blessings that come as a result of doing so. When we say walking in a worthy manner, we mean walking in a way that is pleasing in the sight of God, living our lives before God in a way that, that pleases God, in a way that brings glory to Him, and that no doubt brings glory uh, to the church as well. Think about this for a moment. Are there blessings that come from walking worthy before God? Are there blessings that come from walking worthy before God? We know in this life that depending on what type of work you're in, depending on what you're talking about exactly, that many times your actions will result in certain blessings or benefits, or they may result in certain consequences. And we think about blessings in this situation here in Colossians chapter 1. I also think about how blessings sometimes, we can think about them in a spiritual sense as them also being benefits that come as a result of walking worthy before God. We also begin first in Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 10, looking at this idea of to walk worthy. What happens when we walk worthy? We begin looking at Colossians 1 and verse 10. The Bible says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. We are pleasing to God when we, are work, when we are walking in a way that's pleasing to Him. Now, if we think about that phrase, how do we walk worthy before God? We obey, first off, we obey the gospel as we find it in the New Testament. We hear the Word of God, and based on what we have heard, we believe Christ is the Son of God. We repent of our sins. We find in Matthew, we find in Mark, we find in Acts. We confess that Christ is the Son of God, as Paul tells those in Rome, that we confess with our mouth that Christ is the Son of God. We repent of our sins, going back to Acts 2, verse 38, where Peter tells those who ask the question, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter says in Acts 2, verse 38, repent. And then he says to be baptized for the remission of your sins, right? And then we are added to the body of Christ, that is the church. Galatians 3 and verse 27 tells us that we are baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, Galatians 3:27. And then we remain faithful to God. Now those steps are not difficult to understand, are they? 
We hear, we believe, one step is based upon another. Because what we have heard, we believe. Because what we believe, we repent, we are willing to confess, we are baptized, we remain faithful to God. That is the beginning process of walking worthy before God. But walking worthy is a continual action. It doesn't mean that we are going to be perfect people because we're not going to be. We know throughout the Bible we find emphasis being placed upon repentance because we're going to fall short and make mistakes. But we come before God, 1 John 1 verse 9, and we have our sins forgiven because the Bible tells us that God is just and He is faithful to forgive us of our sins, right? And that is the beginning process of walking worthy. We walk worthy when we obey the gospel and we continue to follow in the steps that God has laid out for us. The New Testament pattern, the commands of God. We walk worthy. He says in verse 10, he says that you may walk worthy of the Lord. You may walk worthy to be called a Christian. Answer this question in your mind today. Is there anyone who calls himself a Christian today actually a Christian? Are they actually doing what God is telling us to do through his word? We're not trying to play the hypocrite card or trying to say that we're holier than everybody else, but we look at the Bible and we see what the Bible tells us to do. Are they actually trying to do that, or are they just, try, are they just saying it? We want to walk worthy, as he says in verse 10, fully pleasing Him. When are we fully pleasing God? When we're walking worthy of the Lord? Fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work. You notice there he puts that stipulation Fruitful in every good work, things that are actually honorable before God, that we are going to be blessed. We talked about this some in Bible class this morning. We talked about joy and peace and those types of things that we fail to realize sometimes that we put too much emphasis on joy and happiness being dependent upon physical things, that we can find joy and happiness in our friends, in our family, in the, in the church itself. That is where the true source of happiness is because it's not based on or dependent upon physical things that we obtain they are going to just rot and deteriorate. It's not based upon some job that's going to cause us to work 100 hours a week and pull us away from God. That's not going to bring us true happiness. It may bring us a paycheck, but it doesn't bring us happiness and pleasing, making us pleasing before God. He says there in verse 10, being fruitful in every good work, and I notice this, and increasing in the knowledge of God. These things happen when we walk worthy of God. We become more knowledgeable Christians because what do those who walk worthy of God do? One of the most basic and simple things we can do, it's not overly complicated. We read and we study our Bibles. We turn off the news and we listen more to God than we listen to those who are on television. We go back to the Bible and you see what God has to say about how we are living before Him, and we make sure that we are making the changes necessary to live our life before God in a way that is worthy to be called a Christian. The word Christian implies that you are a follower of Christ. We want to be those who are walking worthy of the Lord, those who are fully pleasing Him, those who are fruitful in good works, and those who are increasing in the knowledge of God. We will be strengthened, as we find in verse 11, spiritually. He says in verse 11, Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. We will be strengthened spiritually and have endurance to endure difficult times. 
And I'm sure we all can classify difficult times in different ways today because of everything that has gone on, virus or non-virus related, all the things that have come upon us because one thing affects another and how it has affected us personally and our family. We all have probably had some type of difficulties come upon us in the last year and a half or so, right? But through God's Word, we are reminded how we can endure through those things. What's amazing to me is those who went through what we call a lockdown period or quarantine period, how they talk about how they grew closer. Some of them grew closer to their families. Some of them grew closer to God. Some of them said getting irritated that they don't have the things they used to have because they're stuck at home, so to speak. Instead, they grew closer together. Instead, they spent time together. Now, we also know there's a flip side of that, which I think part of the problem is because of worldliness, because of the effects and the pressure the world puts upon us, there are those also who, when they're placed in those situations, lashed out and hurt one another, sometimes even physically. And in my opinion, that's because of the standards the world puts upon us. And the things the world says you have to have in order to have fun or have a good time in your life. The Bible tells us all we need is God and all reality and the church. That togetherness, our families, the simple things. When you go back and look at the Bible, and we look at the New Testament, whether we look at the New Testament, Old Testament, the Bible never once puts emphasis on possessions. It never once puts emphasis on acquiring money. But who does those types of things? Who else puts emphasis on physical pleasures? The ungodly, right? We say when we say the world, we mean the ungodly. The Bible never once encourages us to obtain possessions. It never once encourages us to pursue money. It never once encourages us to pursue physical pleasures. Because all those things are, can cause us to walk away from God. So we go back and look at verse 11. He says, Strengthen with all might, according to His glorious power. We are strengthened what? According to God. How God would strengthen us according to His glorious power. For all patience... And long-suffering. Because sometimes in life, things seem to last forever when it comes to hardships. You think it's never going to end. The various shortages are never going to end. The various job climate is never going to end, whatever it may be. We find here in verse 11, where do we go to be strengthened with all might? He says in verse 11, we go back to God. That's what he said in verse 10, and that's what he also tells us in verse 11, right? Who is the one who's giving us this glorious power, who's strengthening us? God. Because that strength comes through his word. We're not talking about a miraculous God coming down and giving us strength. We're talking about we open up God's word, we see what God tells us to do in order to be strengthened. God tells us, don't worry about all these physical things. Don't worry about all these other things that the world says you have to do to have happiness. Go back to the very basics. Go back to the Bible, and we find where true happiness and contentment really lies. And we find where true blessings really come from. Going now, looking at verse 12, we have a reminder of why we are to walk worthy in verse 12 through 14. He says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, why are we qualified now? Because we are those who are followers of Him, right? He's talking in context. He's talking to Christians. That's why He tells them to walk worthy of the Lord, because He says, you're a Christian, so what? 
To paraphrase in today's English, act like it. Walk worthy of the Lord, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, who has made it possible for us to be what? To be partakers. That is, we get to be those who have heaven as their home. We get a part of that, right? Of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We get to have a part of having heaven as our home. We get to have forgiveness of sins just like the saints are in the light. We get to have salvation and have being, this idea of being saved from what? From eternal damnation. And have inheritance of what? Of heaven. We get to be a partaker of that. Because God has qualified us and says, we are what? You qualify to go to heaven. Because why? Back to verse 10 and 11, you are walking worthy of the Lord. Now, if we think about this for a moment, we think about the qualifications that God puts upon us to go to heaven. None of it has to do with financial, does it? None of it has to do with us giving up things that are non-sinful. No. It has all to do with putting our obedient faith in God, keeping it there until the very, very, very end. And we will have what he says, we'll be qualified to be partakers, the inheritance of the saints and the light. We get to have heaven as our home. And next we're going to notice some reasons why we walk worthy. We walk worthy because we are delivered from the power of darkness. We are delivered from the power of darkness. What is that talking about? Darkness, in the Bible so many times, most often, is a reference to either sin or the powers of sin. That's why darkness and light is compared so many times throughout Scripture. So He has delivered us from the power of sin, right? He has brought us out of sin when we obey the gospel. Repentance literally means that we have a change of heart and a change of mind that results in a change of action. We can talk about things that we're blue in the face, but until we actually do it, that's not true repentance, is it? You ever hear someone talk about someone else, or maybe you're talking about someone who we say, well, they're all words. It means they're not, they're not actually doing things. Repentance is doing. A change of heart. We turn from those things and we turn back to God. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. God makes it possible for us to escape that power of darkness. Looking again at verse 13, he says, we are conveyed he conveyed us in the kingdom of the Son of His love. He has translated us. He has moved us. He has brought us, placed us in the kingdom of the Son of His love. You ever been caught somewhere you didn't really want to be? Maybe you've been driving somewhere. You're out on a trip. You're not paying attention. You're just talking. You get lost. Happens to me all the time. And you end up somewhere you're not, you never meant to be. Here about a week or so ago, I went out on a bike ride. I was where I wanted to be. I just went a little bit further than I wanted to be. Went to a new trail I've never been to before. So I'm going to go out and go this direction. And so I go, and about, I don't know, 45 minutes into it, and so I look around where I'm at and said, I really probably shouldn't be here. So I send a little text message to those who I know know more about bike trails than I do, Ross and Tia. And I get heading back, and the first one he rides back is Ross. Now, if you know anything about Ross, he has a sense of humor. And when I was coming back, I'd already left this area where I was at because I felt it wasn't safe. There was, looked like there was a lot of bars in the windows and things like that. I thought, well, they're probably on there for a reason. So I turned around and came back. 
And when I came back, I got back to about the ferry where I was, and I see where he texted me. I pick it up, and, you know, sometimes you have those messages that says, yeah, I want to do that, but let's sit on a group ride. That's what, like, that's what Tia said. I want to go there, let's go on a group ride. Ross says, if you hear gunfire, duck and pedal faster, which tells me I'm in the wrong place, right? You know, we look at this here in verse, verse 13. What does he say? He's delivered us in the power of darkness. He's telling us you're in the wrong place. And he's doing what in verse 13? Conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He's brought us to the right place. Out of darkness into what? The kingdom. It's a reference there to the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of the Son of His love. He brought us out of sin. He brought us to a place where we need to be, where we ought to be, where, we, where God wants us to be. He goes on to say here in verse 14. In verse 14. In whom we have redemption, that is who? In Christ. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. In Christ we have redemption. That is, we are redeemed. The idea that we are, we are bought, we are paid for by the blood of Christ. We talk about sometimes how our ransom is paid by Christ. That's the idea that literally He has bought us back. That's what Christ has done for us. He has bought us back. The price of sin is on our head, and Christ paid it. He says in verse 14, In whom we have redemption through His blood. And what do we get as a result of Him doing this? He says, The forgiveness of sins. We think about those things. Aren't those things worthy? Aren't those things important enough for us to walk worthy before God? That we try to live a life before God that's pleasing to Him because He has brought us from the power of darkness. He has conveyed us into His kingdom. And He has redeemed us with the blood of Christ. We look at walking worthy. I think the next thing we need to notice how we can receive blessings as a result of walking worthy. We look at some reasons why we should walk worthy. Now we're going to look more at some blessings that come from walking worthy. We find reconciliation and peace through Christ or through Him. Looking at Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. He says, For to please the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself by Him. Think about that phrase there in verse 20. And by Him to reconcile. To reconcile. That is to bring, reconcile literally means to bring back. To bring us back to Him. You ever try to find someone and bring them back to where they ought to be? Maybe they're lost. So in college you say, hey, I don't know how to get here or here or wherever it may be. Or how do I get out of this place? That's what Christ wants us to do. He wants to bring us away from where we are, that place of darkness, and bring us to where we need to be, that is, with Him. You notice there in verse 20, And by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. He brings us to Him. How? Through the, His commands that we obey. When we obey His commands, Christ brings us back to where we ought to be. Back where He wants us to be. And the Bible says there in verse 20, all things to himself, by him he has done this. It is through Christ's blood that we have peace from, from, the, from, from the violent end that awaits the, the, the wicked. Looking at Colossians 1, verse 20, the last part of verse 20, he says, Whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of, uh, through the blood of his cross, there in verse 20, through Christ's blood we have peace and safety from the violent end that awaits the wicked. 
What is waiting for those who die in their sins? Is heaven waiting for them? What does the Bible say? That's the most important question. What does the Bible say? What waits those who have died in their sins? It's not heaven, is it? No, we know what's waiting for them. And so what do we have to do? Walk worthy before the Lord. And we walk worthy before the Lord when the blessings we find is reconciliation. We are brought back to God. We have peace through through what? He says in verse 20, through the blood of His cross. That is spiritual peace. We're no longer in danger of hell when we are at spiritual peace with God. We're in danger of hell and eternal punishment when we decide we're going to walk away from God. Or we decide I'm not going to listen to His words. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to do something else entirely. We put ourselves at risk. We no longer have a chance for peace that only comes to the blood of Christ. Another blessing of walking worthy is that we are presented holy and blameless before God. Looking at Colossians 1 and verse 21, he says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. Alienated means what? It means you are far off. You are alien. He did not what? We might say did not know you. We were not of his family. Christians, many times in the New Testament, are referred to as brothers and sisters, aren't they? That's where we get the term brethren. We apply it to brothers or sisters in Christ. We find in verse 21, you who once were alienated, or those who were afar off, he says, and enemies in your mind, and we find in verse 21, what does he say makes us alienated and enemies in our mind? He says, by wicked works. It is wickedness. It is sin that separates us from God. So the natural answer to be presented blameless and holy before God is to remove sin from our lives. Yet now he has reconciled. Christ has reconciled us to God. Because we are reconciled to God by Christ, we are then made holy and blameless before God. The word holy there literally means, can also be defined as morally blameless. And blameless can be defined as spot, without spot, without fault. So he, put, he put, presents us before God as blameless and without spot, without blemish. What is Christ, the sacrificial lamb, mentioned as many times in the Bible? As a lamb without spot, without blemish, right? He was perfect, without sin. In the Old Testament, the, under the old law, when they offered up sacrifices to God, what were they to offer up? Those things without spot, without blemish, the very best. And what does Christ make us before God through His blood? He makes us the very best. He makes us blameless and without spot and without fault before God. Some lessons for us today. Walking worthy is the duty of the Christian. Walking worthy is the duty of every Christian. It's what we should be doing without even thinking about it, without arguing with ourselves. Should I, you know, read my Bible today? Why shouldn't we? Should I study more today? Why not? Should I pray more today? Why not? Should I watch this Bible video that's going to help me in my spiritual walk? Why not? And on and on the list goes. You know, we have so many ways today to help us, help ourselves grow spiritually. And when people say, I don't, when people say, well, I really don't know what to do anymore to help myself grow, Friends, there's so much and so many things we can do each and every day because so much of growth is also 
being reminded of what we've already been told once before. You know, Christ repeated some of his things as well. Paul repeated some of his things to people as well. Why is that? Because it was important to be reminded of the truth. Because there are those out there today, those who are workers of evil, those who want us to fail, those who, want to, who have no problem trying to tempt us and drag us away into sin. Even though they may be kind, and may not realize what they're doing. When we're tempted to sin by others, we need to think very seriously about those who we surround, very seriously about who we surround ourselves with. I'm not saying we cut off every single relationship we've ever had. But friends, if someone is constantly tempting us to sin, why aren't we spending time with those people? If our jobs are pulling us away from God, what are we doing? If our families are pulling us away from God, we need to change the things at home, don't we? If our friends or anyone is trying to pull us away from God, the Bible warns us to do what? To remove those stumbling blocks. I'm not talking about cutting off people right away and saying, well, you know, you, you invited me to something last week, you know, the first time you ever did it, but and I, that's just too much. That's all I'm talking about. But we have a constant source of temptation before us that we need to remove those constant sources of temptation. Confront timely with those who are tempting us Maybe those who don't even realize what they're doing. You help them understand why you're trying to do what you're doing. Why you're trying to live this way. And maybe you just might win someone for Christ as well. Because, friends, we think about heaven. Is heaven worth a difficult conversation? Is heaven worth telling someone, look, I can't do this because I don't believe it's right. I believe the Bible calls it sin, so I just can't do that anymore. That's pretty simple, isn't it? The response may not be what we hope. But friends, think about what is always at stake. Heaven is always what's on the line. If we are tempted to sin and we allow ourselves to be pulled away from sin just once, how much easier is it going to be to allow ourselves to be pulled away from, from God and sin again and again and again? We walk worthy as a Christian because it is our duty. Colossians 1, verses 9 and 10. For this reason we also... Since the day we have heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We strive to walk worthy. When we fail, we repent of those things before God. Sometimes we have people today who look at Christians or look at the church as being a bunch of hypocrites. But people fail to realize, I think, sometimes that the church is full of imperfect people who are trying to live a life in a way that's pleasing before God. Imperfect people who repent when they make mistakes. I think about sometimes that I'd rather be around those who are honest and realize that they have, they're not perfect, but they're trying to do their very best, and when they make a mistake, they repent of it. I'll take that person over a worldly person any day of the week. Because a worldly person, friends, the difference is a worldly person just doesn't care. The ungodly doesn't care. The Christian should always care. Our blessings, think about the second lesson for us today, our blessings are contingent upon our obedience. If we want to be blessed by God, we better be faithful. We should not look at God and think, why aren't you blessing me while we're living in sin? We should look at God and say, where are all the things you promised me? When we're living in sin, we should not look to God and complain about our lack of blessings when we're constantly going against His Word and going against His will by doing so. 
Colossians 1, verse 23, he says, If indeed you continue in the faith, what does that phrase mean? There is a condition. If indeed you continue in the faith, and he describes it more, he says, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. What are we to do? Remain faithful to God. We're going to falter. We're going to make mistakes. But the Christian can repent of those things and strive better. We think about how many times we've talked about the idea that we work today to be better tomorrow. That applies in every area of our life. As a Christian, we work to be better tomorrow than we are today. When we make a mistake today, we do our very best not to make the same one tomorrow. Living the Christian life is not burdensome, but brings blessings that will last for eternity. And so it begs the question, are you walking worthy before God? Are we walking in a way that God, when he looks upon us, as the Bible tells us, he clearly is? Does he see us as someone who is striving to live a life that's pleasing before him? Or does he see something else? Let us be those who are always striving to walk worthy before God, so we may be blessed by him and one day have heaven as our home.